Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas. Glad you are here. In this episode, I want to respond to a question that was asked of me. A friend wrote in and asked for advice helping someone who has gone through some deep hurts in her life. The horrific events were patterns, not an isolated episode. And I do want to make that distinction. You can help people who who go through a particular incident or situation. You know, maybe someone dies, for example. That would be a big one, of course. And as traumatic as that can be and as challenging as it can be, it is an isolated event. And of course, you you take that with all seriousness and you you deal with that and you help a person through that. But but that event, in most cases, people can can work through in a period of time. I was just talking to a pastor this afternoon who had one of his church members commit suicide uh, over the past several days, and, and he was weeping. Uh, he was he was weeping because of his care and love, affection that he has for this church member who had been struggling with uh, some situations and difficulties through most of his ad- adult life. And as I was telling the pastor, you know, what you're experiencing right now is grief, and grief is like a, a long, dark tunnel, and there's really no other option that you have. You just have to go through that tunnel, but you will come out on the other end, and he knows this, and, and he will be okay and so you can help someone who goes through an intense, sad, difficult circumstance. But in this particular situation, it is a pattern of horrific events in this individual's life. And when assisting a person who is hurting at this degree or to this degree, you want to marshal as many biblical helpers as you possibly can because of the long-term care that's needed for this individual. The difference, one of the differences between an episode of hurt and a pattern of hurt is that a pattern of hurt, depending on the severity of the hurt and also the length of time that it has been happening, I'm thinking like, say, of abuse, for example, that there can be not just the immediate impact of an incident that happens in the individual's life, but what you have are shaping influences that over an extended period begin to capture the mind and, and can really influence the person where they can where they haven't been able or they're not at the place where they can take their thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ. And so you not only have an incident that happens in their lives, but you have these long-term, deep-shaping influences that just it really just moves them into a a habituation of thinking and doing and being that affects them. Therefore, you need to think about long-term care for the individual who is struggling this way. And so my friend wrote in and and was asking, was doing the very thing that I'm suggesting, marshalling biblical helpers. Now, I am aware, as as I told my friend, that we are a cyber ministry, and so we cannot be the primary care for anyone. Primary care has to happen face-to-face, in the same space. And, of course, we are not able to do that, and we have never, we have never, put out there that we are that type of ministry. We are supplemental help. People come to us to 
get the resources or to interact with us, to get advice, to get direction, to gain clarification. But they are the ones that are doing the primary help. We've had multiple people write in on the forums today. We have free community forums. We have private forums as well for the people who support our ministry financially. But we have free forums where anybody can come and ask. And the requests that have come in today have been from people who are helping people. And that's where our ministry can be a huge assist to somebody like my friend here who is helping someone in a pattern of hurt. And so in this episode, what I'm going to share with you, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm just going to share with you the what I shared with my with my friend. It's one of way it's one of the ways that our ministry can help. And so I responded to my friend, uh, thanking her for being the primary care person to this individual who's going through deep hurt, and thanking her that she would come to us and ask us for supplemental help. And so I'm going to share with you uh, what I shared with her, and I trust that it will be a benefit to you as you begin to marshal big biblical helpers to come alongside those within your sphere of influence. Now, this is episode 296 of Life Over Coffee, and the title of it is Some Practical Advice for Those Struggling with Deep Hurts. Now, if you are struggling with deep hurts, you're not necessarily a biblical helper, somebody helping an individual who is struggling, but you are the struggler. Well, if you are that struggler, you will benefit from this episode as well. I'm going to get into this, but I want to share a couple of of updates. One of them is is that Daniel Berger and I just finished on Friday, uh, two days ago. I'm doing this podcast on a Sunday. We finished on Friday a seven-part series on suicide. I was talking to my pastor friend this afternoon who the church member who committed suicide, and told him that as well. And Daniel and I were talking about this, about how the suicide rate continues to rise, and and we believed it was needful for us to speak into that. And there was so much to say, and tied to that series is a new book that Daniel uh, is coming out in just a few days, and I'll let you know about that, of course. But Suicidal Ideation is the title of the book, which means suicidal thoughts. Ideation is thinking, thoughts, and so suicidal thoughts. And it's a book for biblical counselors. It's a, it's a book for disciple makers, those people who want to come alongside those who have suicidal ideations. It's not for those who, who are thinking about suicide, but those who are helping. And so we decided to do a seven-part series, and that will come out over the next many weeks in our Life Over Coffee with Daniel Berger, Rick Thomas video series and so you want to stay tuned for that. I also want to thank our supporters, uh, those who do financially support us. We were able to hire Sharon Wallace. She is my executive assistant. She runs all things virtually, or hopefully we'll get her up to speed to where she can run all things on the back end of our ministry. A needful position, something that I've been praying for for more than a decade, and, and she is here. And I want to thank you who, who give to that. We were asking for $40,000 to be able to hire her and to, to pay her salary. We, we are a debt-free ministry, and so we pay as we go. And if we don't have it, we don't go. And that's just as simple as it is, as I can state it. 
But I want to thank you for uh, supporting us because we do, it takes a couple hundred thousand dollars to run this ministry and to run it well. And we can't do that with the hours that we work. We are totally dependent on those who support us. And so thank you so much. And it you, you permitted us to hire someone which is going to relieve us of so much responsibility, things that I shouldn't be doing, like running the back end of the ministry so that I can focus on the front end, uh, providing resources and doing things like what I'm doing now. And so I want to also thank uh, Barbara. Uh, Barbara sent in a note. She said, I read all your posts on Facebook, and I've learned a lot from you. Thank you for your ministry. Barbara, thank you for that kind note. Barbara also made a donation, which I'm very thankful as well. And so, Barbara, thank you so much for not just encouraging us, with your note, but encouraging us by helping us run the ministry. Barbara, you 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 are helping us to run this massive ministry that God is giving us, and I'm so thankful for, but I'm super thankful for the partnerships that we have for those who support us. Can't do it without you. Someone else wrote in, and I want to touch this briefly, and I may spend more time later talking about it, but they sent in, I'm going to keep this anonymous, but they sent in a question, and what they were asking was, basically, I have a friend who is using your resources for sinful purposes. They want to do something that the Bible forbids, and they're finding justification in our resources, and that's happened before. There have been, I've heard this throughout the our entire ministry life here where people will take something uh, that is that I say and take it out of context and use it for sinful purposes and I'm going to spend more time I think I'm going to spend more time talking about that but I just want to warn I just want to say I want to warn anybody that does that that that's just evil uh, and maybe you're doing it ignorantly, and if you are, then please speak to somebody and ask them uh, if, if this is the right thing, if what you're thinking is right. But if you're doing it intentionally, it is, it's downright evil, and it's not, it's not something that we, we would condone. But we do that with the Bible. We can do that with anything. You can pull anything out of Scripture and use it, and people do that all the time. And so it's not a surprise that people would take our resources and use them for their self-centered, sin-centered purposes. And, and so I just want to draw attention to that because this happened a number of times uh, before. All right, this is episode 296, some practical advice for those struggling with deep hurts. If you need assistance in, in helping a person, I do appeal to you to let our ministry serve as a redemptive companion to those within your care. The resources that we have on our website, they are free, they are practical, and they are always available. That's, that's an amazing thing. And because of people like Barbara and other people that support us financially, it's like walking into a big box store, a, a, a Walmart super center, and walking in, and it's full, the shelves are just full, and I'm talking literally millions, literally millions of words in articles and podcasts and videos and forums. There's, I, I don't, 
we've had several forums over the existence of this ministry. It's, there have been over 50,000 forum responses, but we have, we've erased forums and started over as we move from one generation website to another. But there have just been thousands and thousands of responses just on our forums where we interact with people. These resources are free. And they are practical, and not just practical, they are technically practical. One of the aspects of our ministry is we don't just say, you know, trust God, pray harder, read your Bible, hear, study Philippians. Those things, that those are good things to say in the appropriate situation to the appropriate person. But we are technically practical, where we get inside of problems and analyze it and diagnose it and try to identify not just what's going on behaviorally, but ruling motives of the heart and trying to understand how the mind works and why a person thinks this way and why a certain kind of discernment works here but not there. We are technically practical, and we are always available. It's a 24-7 shop, 365 days out of the year. And as long as we're available on the internet, we'll always be available to you. And so we don't hang a sign on the door saying that we're closed for Christmas or closed for Thanksgiving. Our doors are already always open. And so I just appeal to you to, to use these resources and let them be that supplemental help. And so in this episode, I do want to walk through some of the things that I told my, my friend that uh, was asking about an individual who was who was going through deep hurts. And there were six things that I said to the individual. By the way, if you want to read all this, you can go to episode 296, and you can read everything that I'm sharing with you. I also have two graphics in these show notes, and I have a, a short one-minute, 13-second video. So you can watch this 73-second video. You can also look at these two graphics. These resources, again, are free to you. Here's the six things that I told my friend who is helping a person through deep, long-term pattern of hurts. Number one, discern the complexity of the need. The person, and let's just say they've gone through an abusive situation over a period of years. So if you want us to help you, one of the things that you'll have to do is to think broadly about some of the needs that is in this individual's life. There's a complexity of need. And so you wouldn't just think in a singular category of abuse, like you're looking through a piece of pipe and and you just see one thing at the end of it. No, you need peripheral vision because abuse is the big umbrella, or maybe abuse is the big bucket or the cauldron uh, that you are dealing with that's labeled on the outside of the cauldron abuse. But inside of it, you want to think about key words, key things that this specific individual will be struggling with. And I'll just give you a list. And, and I have articles and videos and podcasts on all of these. In fact, every one of these words that I'm going to give you are linked. And so if you have gone through deep hurt over a long period of time, you want to think about the complexity complexity of the problem, and part of that is by teasing out the individual unique possibilities that's within 
this big problem of, let's say, abuse. And so one of those is victim, the idea of victimology. And I've written a lot on victim and victimology, and you do have to understand this because there is a lot of bad counsel that's given uh, to victims because they don't understand this idea of victimology. And so I have it linked here where you can go to a bunch of articles on our website to learn about that. Another key word, obviously, is abuse. And so you can read about that. Another one is revenge. Revenge is something that you want to deal with. I wrote an article, and it's linked here, of when my sister-in-law murdered my brother, which makes me a victim of her, of her sin crime. Well, there was a temptation, and temptation with several family members to... to act out in revenge toward her. And so like this article, for example, walks through that. And that will be something that will be on an individual's mind who has gone through deep hurt that's caused by somebody else. A synonym to revenge is anger. And so that's another key word. Then there's guilt. There's fear. There's loneliness. And loneliness can be in two parts. It could be the person is lonely as in nobody is interacting and helping this person, meaning you are by yourself, like standing in the woods by yourself. But then there's also loneliness where you can be lonely in the middle of of 100 people, and that's more of an internal loneliness. And a person who has gone through deep hurt, like what I'm describing here, they may or may not be alone as in, people around them or not, but you you can guarantee that they feel alone, this internal loneliness, because there's there's hurts inside there that haven't been articulated for whatever reason, either through not understanding what's going on inside of her or afraid to communicate uh, out of fear, and the fear can come from so many sources. If someone is going to hurt you if you speak out or you feel so much shame that you don't want to uh, speak out, and that's why I talked about guilt and, and fear and then loneliness. And then sovereignty. Sovereignty is big because we talk about God is sovereign. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. If God is sovereign, you have to deal with this. How come I have gone through this? And this is a common situation in a lot of people's thinking who have gone through deep hurts as they try to wrestle with this idea of the sovereignty of God as to why would he permit this. And so what I'm saying under point number one is you have to discern the complexity of the need. It's just not looking through a pipe at one word abuse, but there there are many aspects of this. And there's more than what I've just shared with you, but for time's sake, I just wanted to give you a few of those key words as you think about helping a hurting person. You can go to the topical index page on our website, which is linked here in these show notes. We have over 230 categories over 230 categories on that one page, and they're all labeled and laid out so this is easy to pretty much find what you're looking for. So number one, discern the complexity of the need. Number two, help for unbelief and the need to change. And so I told my friend that, that two of the struggles will be obviously the need to change, The person needs to change. There's things that they need to do. And then a big problem will be this struggle with unbelief or trusting God. 
And so I linked to them two webinars, one-hour webinars that I do, one on overcoming unbelief, learning how to trust God, especially when you're going through complex situations, and then the other on the doctrine of repentance, which is how to change. And so that's two hours of training that an individual could watch. This helper can watch, and we can, in a supplemental way, help this helper who is helping the person go through deep hurts. So number one, discern the complexity of the need. Number two, specific help in the area of unbelief and then walking them through how to change because that's obviously what you want to do is to help them to change. And then number three, I told my friend that you must be ready to pivot at a moment. You must be able to flex. You must be able to change tracks at a moment. I'm not a big fan of books for these type of things in a primary sense, though they can be helpful. So let me add a couple footnotes here. I'm a big fan of books. I, I finished one today and started another, and I'm about through, through with it, through Audible, listening to it. And so I am a fan of books. But I'm not a big fan of books for these things in a primary sense, I prefer to have the ability to flex, to pivot, to change tracks to different topics as the need arises. You see, when a person is struggling with something, as I have been describing here, you know those key words that I, I gave you, which is not an exhaustive list, victim, abuse, revenge, anger, guilt, fear, loneliness, sovereignty, and repentance? Well, those things are going to come up and 10 other things or 20 other things that are going to come up in an eclectic, random, even nonsensical way. You're never, you're never going to know what this individual is going to be struggling with at any moment. And so you always want to be ready to pivot, to flex, to deal with whatever the unique struggle is in that day as you help this person in a long-term fashion. Books will keep you in one track for a long time, and they can hinder the need to change, or they can hinder the need for you to change the conversation. See, books keep you in a conversational track, and you're not able to pivot or to flex when diverse issues arise. Now, where books can be helpful is it can be like, books can be like background music. It can be the background track that a person is reading all along while you're dealing with the sordid issues on the front end, if I can describe it that way. And so you can give them a book on sovereignty or a book on fear or a book on abuse, whatever. You can give them as a background track. But what's going to happen when you interact with people who are struggling this way, they're going to have all sorts of questions, and you don't want to be stuck in a long track in a book that you can't get out of because you need to deal with other things. And so you want to keep that in mind. Now, of course, the best book is the Bible. But even with that, you have to assume that the person not only understands the Bible, but you have to understand that they're not angry angry with God to where there's just this, this repulsiveness or, or resistance to, to read the Bible. And this is where you want to be careful. Sometimes your starting place with a person who's going through something is not their starting place. 
And so you have to discern their starting place, and you don't want to map your experience over them and just assume that they are where you are and they they are thinking the way that you are, are thinking. Sometimes the starting place with an individual is way over yonder, and it's not where you want to start. And so maybe you can't even start with the Bible. You have to start farther out. And so keep that in mind. And so the big idea here is you must be ready to pivot at a moment. Number four, don't forget the artificial counseling window. The counseling window is, the, is a, a counseling session or a season of counseling sessions. And so a season of counseling sessions has a start date and a, and a stop date. And that's the counseling window. And so if you meet someone that um, is going through something and you're going to have six or 16 counseling sessions, whatever that number is, that's the counseling window. And don't forget that that's an artificial window. That meaning, what I mean by that, what I'm saying is, is that change probably is not going to happen the way you want it to happen within that season. You have to play a long game with this person. Counseling is essential or could be essential for this individual, but you need a one-year, a two-year plan with them. Sometimes counselors can make this mistake, and sometimes those who send people to counseling, like parents sending teenagers to counseling, as though Counseling is going to change this child, this teenager, this abused person. It can help. But what that person is going to need is long-term care that goes beyond this season of, of counseling, the counseling window. And so it's vital that you remember that. Six things that I shared with her. Discern the complexity of the need. I gave you a list of key words. Number two, help with two specific things, unbelief and the need to change. Number three, you must be ready to pivot at a moment. Number four, don't forget the artificial counseling window. And then number five, uh, introduce me. If we are supplemental to your friend, or if our ministry is supplemental to your primary care, then I told her, introduce your friend to me. I have a four-part podcast series where I provide an autobiographical overview of my life. It's two hours or something like, I think they're 30 minutes each. I haven't looked at them in a while, but it's like two hours of an autobiography of my life. And one of the things that you will hear is a life that has gone through tremendous abuse, whether it's divorce or physical abuse or verbal abuse or two murders, etc. There's a lot of drama there that will resonate. And when I say that, I say it with a big fat caveat, because here's what some people will hear. They will hear, they will disqualify themselves from helping somebody who has gone through hurt because they have, they have not had that experience or a similar experience. And so they could hear what I just said and said, well, yeah, Rick, you could help them because you've walked a mile in their shoes. Do not fall into the, I have not had your experience, so I can't help you trap. Don't fall into that trap. Because if you push that logic as far as you can push it, then you disqualify Jesus from helping anybody because he never smoked a joint 
He was never married, never, well, tossed in jail, never divorced, never, I mean, just fill in the blank. I mean, if that is the logic that you're using, but Jesus was able to help people because he understood what was inside people, and you do too because you understand what's inside you. And so you help people with the proportion in which God has helped you. And this is what Paul was getting at in Corinthians, that you comfort those in a way that you have been comforted. And so I asked my friend, just introduce them to me and and let them listen to that four-part podcast series. And if that helps, then, then praise God, they get inside our ministry and our resources, and that could be a great supplement. And then number six, give her excellent background reading. You remember a while ago, I said background reading is a book. It's not the primary thing, but it's the background thing because you want to pivot, you want to flex. I also said that I'm not a fan of books as a primary help, but I am a fan of books. I did say that too. And so as a background reading, what I recommend for people from our ministry is that people read my book, Suffering Well, because you only have two options here. You can suffer well or you can suffer poorly. You're going to suffer, and so choose you this day how you want to suffer. And I hope that this book, I know this, I've, I've received the testimonies from people who have read the book that has helped them. And so I would encourage you to get the book. Give her excellent background reading. Introduce her to me. Don't forget the counseling window. Be ready to flex. Help with unbelief. Discern the complexity of the need. Episode 296. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.